up, you dirty, dirty fuckers. What's up, people? It's your boy, Sean Boyle. It's the Sean Boyle's podcast. Oh, yes, it is. Yes, it is. We are um, getting at it uh, once again. Back with you for another trip down uh, the demented mind that is me, Sean Boyles. Um, if you f- look for the podcast on Anchor, which is the site that hosts the podcast, you will see a new brand spank and new title page, which I'm very proud of. Uh, thank you to my uh, my AV guy, I call him, my good friend Kevin uh, Fratnick. He um, he uh, he's uh, one of these graphic design type cats, uh, and uh, he helps me out with uh, with stuff uh, when I do my uh, comedy shows that I produce. He helps me with the music. Uh, I like to play music as comics come up, and if I'm hosting the thing, I can't hit the play on the to play the music and so he plays hits the play pulls the fader down has it's we try to we try to put a little just a smidgen of production into uh the boils blowout comedy shows so um kevin an integral part of uh blowout productions and um anyway shout out to kevin uh new title page for the Sean Boyles podcast. Uh, it hasn't shown up on the Apple podcast. I don't know how long it takes for them to change over the title things, but who knows? Maybe time by time this is up, it switches over. I have no idea. I don't know how these things work. I'm just glad that you're checking me out. Um... It's a slow crawl. It's a slow chug up the mountain. It's like when you got a multi-geared bicycle and you have it in the lower gear, right? You got it in those low gears, so you, there's a lot of a lot of uh, the the wheels are going around. Your 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 cranks are going good, and at a nice clip, but you're not moving very fast. You see, but you're you're that's kind of what's going on with the listenership of the Sean Boyles podcast, and I appreciate. Those who have been checking me out and have been checking me out regularly, uh, I think we're still at uh, friends and family at this point. Nonetheless, a uh, feedback has been given, uh, points have been taken, adjustments will be made. Maybe not too many adjustments. I'm not listening to anybody. <laughs> oh, I'm terrible, terrible person. Um. I've been trying to find a good Japanese restaurant food giving spot for the wife, and we have been unsuccessful. Everything we found has been okay. Okay. Nothing has been where she has sat down, and now I've explained this before. My wife is Japanese, she's from Japan. Uh,. She has been in the United States since March, okay? She had visited the United States a few times before that. Um, 
few times to the, the, the Los Angeles area. And, um, and then she came to visit me a couple times here in the Bay Area. So she has been here a few times, has never had quality um, up to par with Japan Japanese food. Anywhere in Japan you eat, it's phenomenal. Uh, everywhere I ate when I went there has been phenomenal. I've never had, unless it was a weird, something weird. There's, I mean, cause we are talking about an Asian country and compared to the United States, some of the food might be weird. Okay. So the Japanese still have some weird stuff that they eat. Um, but everything that I tried to eat that looked palatable, palatable, that looked good enough to eat. <laughs> How about that? Uh, was great. It was great, and uh, I had no problem. The first time I ever had sushi was in Japan, and I never tried sushi. I don't something about the idea of fish not cooked was not sitting right with me. I don't uh, a little sketchy, little sketchy. Um, so, uh, but I did try it, and it was wonderful. Uh, however, she has yet to find any sushi here where she can say, oh, this is really good. Uh, the closest thing we have found has been a market, a Japanese supermarket called uh, Nijia. And, uh, the sushi from there seems to be pretty good. Uh, it's not amazing, but it's, she says it's pretty good. Uh, and, um, that's been about it. We went to, uh, there's a new, uh, my little shit town here in Castro Valley, there's a new little spot called Ramen 101, and we decided to go check it out, and, uh, you know, of course, as an American place, uh, she's starting to figure out, uh, the American way is to mix everything up, um, put a little bit of this, a little bit of that, mix it up, turn it into a new thing. Uh, you can pick your ramen that you want, either chicken-based or soy-based or, or pork-based. And, and then you can pick your, uh, your, your topical, you can pick your protein that you put in there, be it chicken or pork or, or beef. And then you can pick your, your, what they call toppings. And this is the stuff that they throw in, in the green onions and the, and the other, the bamboo shoots or whatever you, you know. Um, so they have different options and, you know, there's a classic and the classic is kind of, eh, you know, it's not super classic, but it's not super traditional. That's just it. It's not traditional. And, and most important aspect of when you're getting ramen, when you get ramen in Japan, it is fucking piping, piping hot. Okay. Steamy. So the water is om- it's almost boiling as they bring it out to you. It is as hot as possible without it boiling when they give it to you. As far as the Japanese are concerned, this tastes better. Have it just steamy, steamy, piping, pipey hot. Okay. And I was trying to figure out now they don't for whatever reason here, you cannot get ramen served that piping hot. And I was like, well, it's got to be a thing. I mean, if it's too hot, right, you'll burn the fucking roof of your mouth or your, you know, blister a lip or something if it's too hot, right? And I was like, well, maybe I don't put it hot, that hot, so nobody sues anybody. Nobody wants to get their mouth fucking burned and blistered and and you're going to sue. And she said, they will sue you in Japan if it's not hot enough. 
so, you know, it's amazing when you live with somebody from another country and um, just asking about uh, about what they got. You know, do they do this over there? Do they, you know, and it's really, really interesting. So I, I was interested to know that, uh, yeah, you, you get sued in Japan for not having your ramen hot enough. How dare you give us this lukewarm ramen? And it was hot. I'm not saying that they came, brought it out and it was, you know, lukewarm maybe, but it was just not as hot as it, it as it should be for the standards of one Japanese woman from Japan uh, finding her way uh, through America. So uh, uh, it, it's just it's it's amazing talking with her and and. Uh, Learning about just you know, so ask me why do we do a th- certain thing here? You know, well, why do you guys do this? What is this? You know, and I gotta explain something to her, and then she's like, "Well, what we'll do over here is we'll blah 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 blah." You know, so it's a nice sort of sharing and going back and forth, and you know, head scratching. Like, well, shit, why do we do that? You know what I mean? So it's cool. It's cool. Of course, I can't think of anything else that we were talking about recently. It reminds me of, or that she was telling me about. But uh, take my word for it. How about that? Just take my word for it. Um, she did make. Uh, she made her own sushi here at the house. She uh, got some stuff together and got some fish and and and. Uh, I think she did an imitation crab thing, which, which I learned imitation crab. Guess what? It's other. It's just fish. It's other, it's other ground up, grinded down fish that they've turned into to call it imitation crab. I didn't know that. Uh, apparently, imitation crab is just fish. Uh, so she got some of that, and uh, she did her own. Uh, I don't like seaweed, so seaweed to me, I don't can't, I don't understand how they can do the seaweed. Um, seaweed to me tastes like I got tripped and I fell face first into the beach at low tide. Okay, like, you know, like low tide, like the tide, like the water's way out there. You know what I mean? And 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 you're walking around and you tripped and face first into the low tide. See, and that's what uh that's what the seaweed tastes like to me. So it messes up the sushi when it's in a roll. So uh, so she was making it without it, and 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 um and it was really good. I thought it was great, but she wasn't happy with it. She didn't like the way the rice turned out. Very important the rice, uh, but a uh, little surprise for uh, for the Turkey Day celebration coming up. Uh, she's gonna make some sushi and bring it, bring it to my mama for uh, for Thanksgiving. Uh, it's gonna be interesting to see uh, see everyone's reaction, whether they freak out or if they actually uh, embrace and. Have themselves some little sushis. So, uh, anyway, it was very, very good. We had a very Japanese dinner the other night. She uh, made some uh, sushi and she made me some uh, miso soup with um, miso soup with meatballs. And I thought that was kind of weird. And so I guess she said that that's, you know, it's a thing. I'll put meatballs in a miso soup. It's not the most common, most traditional thing in the world, but it is a thing. So, uh, but they again they eat weird they got weird shit over there, you know what I mean? Like, you know, but like you know everything. We ate once so I went to a friend's wedding when I was in Japan a few years ago. Um uh, and we went 
there's a, we're in Nara, and there's this temple up in the mountains. And I might have talked about this temple before. Very, very awesome, awesome spot. Uh, this temple houses the gods of uh, music, performance, and entertainment. Or music, performance, yeah. Just for, uh, for performing folks and entertaining folks. The gods that support those plights. This temple is, is, is for them. And, uh, you know, monks running around doing their thing or whatever. And so uh, I've been there a few times. And uh, my friend got married there. My friend Uchan. And uh, Uchan, uh, we got to stay. Uh, he had set it all up so uh, me and, and, and my wife could... Uh, go and, and we got to stay the, the, ni- the night before the wedding we got to stay in the temple which is really really cool they have a little little ho- like kind of hotel situation going on uh, off to the side there and it was just super amazing super peaceful but when we woke up in the morning to have breakfast my wife told me yeah, you're probably not gonna like this breakfast uh, so it was a very old school traditional Japanese breakfast and there was there were sea creatures on there, and I think there was a fucking sea urchin, and there was creatures from the depths, <laughs> from leagues under the sea, that had crawled onto this plate and um, in just weird sort of noodly type of stuff. That's like she said, it was she said it was super traditional, uh, super old school. She even sort of was like, ugh. And uh, all I could really stomach on my plate was the rice. <laughs> I was able—I had rice for breakfast that morning. So, but uh, and, and the dinner—the dinner during the um, <laughs> dinner during the ceremony was, uh, which was an amazing ceremony—a Japanese, a, a very traditional Japanese wedding. Uh, uh, my friend Uchan uh, asked me to hold an umbrella for him, which I was completely honored to do i was like you know yeah bro whatever you want you know i'll hold an umbrella give me the umbrella no big deal who can't hold an umbrella they bring out this fucking 30 foot long wooden structure just insanely craftsman put together umbrella that i gotta fucking carry uh over you know so we walked from where the ceremony was and we walked over to the main hall of the temple and we had to kind of go through some stairs and kind of weave in and out and go through a thing and and i'm you know and i'm kind of in the front because I, me and him are, are are kind of leading the charge more or less and everybody goes behind because in japan the man sort of leads the way and the women stay behind and sort of on a they're still on a little bit of a uh chauvinistic sort of uh man heavy ruling situation over there um nonetheless uh i'm kind of moving sort of fast because this thing's heavy and uh and i'm my job is to keep the sun off of off of the groom uh, provide him shade as he walks to the temple and there's somebody holding an, another umbrella for his wife who was behind us but his wife is in like Super traditional, like Japanese garb. You know what I mean. The the kimono and super traditional in the way her hair was done. She, it was she looked amazing. It was beautiful. However, um, that traditional garb, um, she can't really 
she can't really have too big of a gape uh, in her stride. And she's wearing the, uh, they're both wearing the, uh, um, the sort of elevated wooden sandals and stuff. It's, it's, it's awesome, awesome. They looked amazing. But I'm kind of hauling ass up the thing with the big giant wooden, uh, <laughs> wooden umbrella because it's heavy and I want to get to the end so I can rest and then hopefully I got enough energy to go back and, um, and so he had to say, hey, let's, uh, let's slow down a little bit. You're, we're, you're kind of leaving everybody in the dust back there. Uh, you know, <laughs> I'm so out of shape. <laughs> but uh, I was honored, completely, completely honored to uh, carry this umbrella for my, for my dude. Shout out to uh, my man Uchan, um, who just had a baby. Just had a baby a couple months ago. So that marital bliss and uh, a family has started it's great uh, but like i said we ate some super traditional stuff and it, uh and the, the dinner was uh sort of very very traditional i was let's put it i was very hungry that day when the day was over um i needed something else to uh need something to eat later on so but a great great to like three hour ceremony or something like that you know we had the ceremony or there was a a ceremony part of the ceremony in 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 the the little hall where we're at and then we walked over to the main hall the temple and they did a ceremony there and then we all walked back and then there was more ceremony and then the dinner and everything beautiful 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 uh if you can if you can be a part of or witness a traditional japanese wedding it's uh pretty amazing pretty amazing they do a really cool thing uh uh, the couple stands on one side of the hall and the parents of the couple stand on the other side. And um, the um, the couple presents a gift for uh, each set of parents. And then the parents also uh, present a gift to the couple uh, uh, coupled with uh, words of wisdom and advice to... Um, sort of uh, help them on their way, advice as to how to stay together, advice on how to keep a marriage lasting. And, and uh, of course, it's all in Japanese. I don't know fucking a word that was said. But the idea of that I thought was really, really cool, a uh, really cool thing to do. Uh, sort of, uh, hey, this is what's worked for us. Maybe this could work for you guys. You know, Of course, every relationship's different. Everybody's got a different thing going on. Everybody has... Uh, different issues and problems that they're going to tackle in their relationship. But I did think it was really cool. The um, sort of literally the one generation uh, sort of passing the torch on to another generation. And this is, this is how you could do it. This is how we did it. You know, hope it all works out for you. But really, really cool. I, um, I got on that whole subject because I was talking about the, <laughs> the the sushi that my wife made. Wow, did I go down a fucking road. Um, the sushi my wife made, she put cucumber in there. And that got me thinking about cucumber. I had a uh, had the cucumber from, from, from this nice sushi that, that, that she made. Uh, again, she's still working on it. She doesn't have it because I guess she's never tried to make it before. This is the first time she ever tried to make it. Uh, she figured if she can't find the shit she likes, she's going to make it herself, uh, which is noble and, uh, and awesome. Um, 
this is this woman's a hell of a cook. Like she is a like you know I do my before she moved here my little studio apartment got remodeled and uh, my landlord was kind enough to to install a little kitchenette and I just have a little cooktop and a micro nice microwave and a full full size refrigerator now and a little counter space whatever. Uh, but we don't have an oven. Not a big deal. I don't. I, I wasn't thinking I needed an oven. Um, but we got a decent toaster oven. This woman is a master. I mean, a master, like ninja level master of a dojo style chef with a toaster oven. She has mastered cooking in a toaster oven and has made some. She's made me pot pies. She's been making um, lasagna and, and uh, just it's amazing what she's able to do with a goddamn toaster. You know, baking chicken in a thing. I barely figured out how to use it to like make toast. You know what I mean? Like I had to say, you know, it, all I figured it was good for was heating up pizza and fucking nuggets and sh- you know what I mean? Just like you know, just pizza rolls or just you know what i mean just like bachelor don't eat well shitty food that's what i was using it for and this woman is making enchiladas in the fucking thing it's it's amazing what she's able to do with the toaster oven anyway so she made the sushi and i had cucumber and then the next day i was at work and uh i was pressed for time and the only thing near the job was a subway uh, sandwich spot so i went in there and got a fucking subway sandwich and I, hey put some cucumbers on it i don't know what it is there's two things that will give me sort of heartburn and i'll taste the thing after i eat it not too many things do it there's two things first one is hot dogs and i fucking stay away from hot dogs the best i can uh, i still love a hot dog but i stay away from it because i'll be burping the whole rest of the day and into the next day tasting fucking hot dog and it's just like it's good going down once but kind of coming back up in 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 a wafty having the taste come back up is just not cool right nobody likes that um but the other one is cucumbers what the fuck is going on with cucumbers that makes me have a a burp and a or a feel a little and there's a cucumber taste what is go what the fuck's up with cucumbers Pickles don't do it. Pick that's a pickle is is a pickle not a fucking see I don't know my fucking pickle is a pickled cucumber correct or am I completely fucking off with that? There's there's a pick anyway. I I I could be completely wrong on that. Why don't you uh, email me at uh, Sean underscore boils at yahoo.com. And uh, tell me how stupid I am that I don't know what the fuck a pickle is. There's no pickle. Like, there's no pickle trees, right? Do you pickles grow by themselves? I thought a pickle was a cucumber that has been pickled. And why is it pickled? Why is the pickle called a pickle? After There's other things that get pickled. Anyway, cucumbers fuck me up and they give me a fucking some little heartburny type of stuff. And I don't know why. What's up with the cucumber? Isn't it like mostly water anyway? You know what? Fuck your cucumbers. How about that? Yeah. I um, was getting gas recently. And um, there's a pump. There's a gas station close to the house here. That I like to hit on my way out to jobs or whatever. 
And uh, every time, and this has been happening a lot, this has been happening ever since I've been used. So if I use, so I use my credit, my, my, my debit card. First of all, first of all, you put your, I put my debit card in there and it asks me, and, and I'm reading it on the screen and I, maybe I'm reading into it, but there's judgment in this, in this question that it asks. It asks, is this a debit card? Like, it's asking in judgment. It really is judging me for my payment method on, because I guess if I was high roller type, I would be using a credit card. But be it that I'm a scoundrel, I'm using my debit card and it's rolling its eyes. This pump is rolling its eyes at me. Is this a debit card? Ugh. You know, anyway, when I press in my number, my, my pin number, bleep, 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 right? The blip sound that it makes, there's a certain note that it hits, and it reminds me of the intro to Mean Streets. By the mighty Van Halen. That weird little That little weird fucking finger tapping thing that he does at the beginning. Right? Anyway, you know how the song goes. Fucking one of the best songs they've ever done, right? So I'll have Mean Street stuck in my head for like the rest of the day. At least in the morning, if I go in the morning, because of the blips of the keypad where I press in my pin number, the blips sound like the intro. And I try to do it fast so it doesn't do it, but it does it every time because it's, it's almost the same note. And it just remind, it reminds me of it. And that'll happen to me all the time. I'll get reminded of a song. Maybe I haven't heard the song in years, but something will trigger. A memory of a song, and I'll have that song stuck in my head for a long time, um, and uh, I it, I can't shake it. Sometimes, uh, what was it the other day? Uh, a couple weeks ago, I had a song stuck in my head. Oh, the wife was listening to some music as we were driving, and uh, she likes uh, she likes some third wave ska. I try not to be judgy, but she likes herself some third wave ska, and uh, she just kind of had some random thing coming on her phone. I don't know if she's doing Pandora or whatever she was listening to, but the I guess um, what were they called? Real big fish? Is that what they were called? One of those third wave ska bands did a cover of uh, Come On Eileen. <laughs> come on, like, come, like you came on, I like Eileen just got fucking bukkakeed all over. Is that the name of the song, Come On Eileen? Come on Eileen. Anyway, I don't want to start singing that song because I don't want to get that fucking song stuck in my head again. But I was going back and forth between this version that I had heard and I think it's Real Big Fish. I'm almost. I'm, did Real Real Big Fish had the 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 female lead singer, right? Because that was a hot shit thing too, right? For your ska band in your in the mid '90s, right? Your ska band had a had a cute uh, 
cute female lead singer. That was like a hot shit thing to do. That's what No Doubt came out of, right? That was... Uh, uh, anyway, uh, so I was going back and forth between this third wave ska version in my head. It just made a mega mix in my head of the original version. My What were they called? The I forget what they were called. Drexy... I don't remember. They had some big, long, stupid name. I remember the video. They're all dressed in like old-timey, sort of grimy, um, poor folks. But they were they they were dressed like hillbillies, like Appalachian Mountain kind of hillbillies. But they were all English. I believe they were English. I don't know anything about the band, and I'm talking out my ass. But anyway, I had that song stuck in my head for a very, very long time. And uh, so that, but that was because I heard the song. But there's other times that I just get reminded, or somebody says a thing, uh, and you get reminded. And I was doing a bit about how uh, uh, things get stuck in my head, and it, it does happen. It does happen. Uh, but songs that get stuck in my head, whether I've heard the song or not, and uh, when, man, uh, well, I don't do the bit anymore. So I'll do. I'll tell you. I'll tell you the bit. How about that? I'm gonna do a bit. This is the bit. I was getting songs stuck in my head, and it was right after George Michael had passed away, and I got a song stuck in my head. But here's what's wrong with my brain. My brain crosswires some things once in a while, and as it's going through the files of music in my head, which is a big, big files, it was going uh, 80s George Gay. And I ended up with a culture culture club song stuck in my head, um, thinking about George Michael. But instead, my brain went Boy George, and so I got stuck with, the, you know. And I would sing the song, which I'm not going to do now. I would sing a little bit of the song that would be stuck in my head, culture club. Uh, and then I started thinking about how there's a lot of really really good singers, male singers that are gay, homosexual. And maybe there is something to it. Maybe sucking dick is the key to a good voice. And that's that's basically the bit. And I go on to say, you know, plenty of female singers with great voices, they might, you know, more than likely have sucked a dick or two, especially if they, you know, trying to get ahead in the music business. Get ahead in the music business. Ah! That's terrible. Uh, but... You know, and then I say, you know, J Lo must have never sucked a dick because she can't sing for nothing. <laughs> oh, there's a reason why I don't do the bit anymore, ladies and gentlemen, because it's um, not that great of a bit. But uh, speaking of doing bits and doing better in comedy and whatever, I need to give some shout out to one Matt McGarren. And his Am I Making Sense podcast and getting a amazing, doing an amazing interview with Mark Normand. And um, I've been hearing Mark Normand um, on some podcasts here lately. He's got a very distinct voice. Um, almost sounds like he's doing a voice. It's very strange, but... Uh, he uh, he headlined uh, I guess Rooster Teeth Feathers this weekend and 
Matt went over there and uh, finagled his way into uh, getting the dude to get on his podcast. So uh, props out to Matt, uh, a comic who I've done his podcast. Um, he's got like 35 podcasts, though. So you got to watch it with that character, Matt McCarron, with his uh, – he's got the – all tanked up where he will do a podcast in a in a brewery somehow and then he's got a he's got some sort of youtube uh question and answer thing that he does and and we're talking about a comic that's been in comedy like maybe a year or a year and a half and i don't know it's just but he's doing good things he's he's going down the path that you're supposed to go he's he's podcast he's got the equipment to do it and he runs around with microphones and puts a microphone. Here, hold this mic. I'm going to hit record on my little player. And here we go. And we're doing a podcast. Woody-boo-boo. And it's awesome. Uh, props to my man Matt for uh, for getting out there and uh, scoring a... Uh, uh, scoring a big fish for a, for, a, for a podcast that nobody listens to. And doing an inter- interviewing a uh, comic that's on his way... Uh, he's at that uh, Mark Norman's at that level where um, he's definitely making a living doing comedy and he's headlining most clubs I think around the country but still nobody knows who he is you know what I mean he's one of these guys you know Um, enough people know who he is and he's selling out and and doing really well Um, but yet he's you know he's able to do that so uh, props to him and uh you know, and he's, I guess that's the, he, what do he say, he's 12 years in and he's on that road to to doing bigger and better. Bigger and better. Let's talk about drugs. Drugs. Um, I have um, not done drugs. I've never done drugs. I've never attempted to do drugs. I um, and there's a reason for that. And uh, well, I wanted to get into talking about this, um, uh, mainly because uh, I wanted to sort of just let you guys know, let the people know, uh, maybe why I didn't, and um, maybe this can get. Get interpreted however you want to get it interpreted, but uh, for me, it was a. Uh, I didn't look at. I didn't see any positives. I didn't see. Uh, well, for a couple things happened, all at the same time, more or less at the same time, to sort of instill, you know, sequence of events to sort of lead to me deciding, hey, you know what, I'm gonna. Well, maybe not all at the same time, but. <laughs> Now, now I'm thinking about it. It definitely didn't all happen at the same time. But stuff that happened that made me come to this conclusion. Let's put it that way. So, as some of you know, I started playing drums at a very young age. I started playing drums when I was eight years old. Got my, uh, got a hand-me-down Ludwig uh, from my cousin Joe that we got rid of soon after which i fucking kicked myself in the ass still for getting rid of that kit and i had uh got my own you know thing that was mine that my parents got me uh the worst 
you know, a CB 700 drum kit. That's fucking the worst thing you can play on (laughs) starting off. Great for starting off, but when you're at year 12 and you're still playing on one, you're, you're fucking up. Anyway, uh, so I started at a really young age, started playing drums. Um, my father was very adamant about instilling in me, don't drink, don't do drugs. If I catch you doing any of that shit, I'm kicking the shit out of you. And steering, you know, putting all that fear into me not to fuck up with that. Um, I remember having sips of beer here and there and thinking, ugh, it's awful. Um, and then um, just I often made, because I started playing drums so young, I often made decisions um, on things and I weighted them in uh, whether or not they would uh, – would they keep me from playing drums? Okay, uh, we used to take, we used to build ramps all the time and launch our bikes off of things. We used to uh, we used to play on the roof of the elementary school down the street from where I grew up in the summertime. Go sneak over there. There was a section of section of the school where the fence kind of was high enough that if you climbed up that fence, you could easily get under the roof of the school. And we'd go up there and we would play tag. I mean, we'd play tag on the roof, you know. My friend Mark shit on the roof and we wiped his ass with a pine cone. That's a whole other story. Anyway, we had fun playing on the roof. But when we were done for the day, we jumped off the roof. Just, yeah, we jumped off the roof onto the blacktop, okay? Jumping my bike everywhere, playing football all the time in the, in the street, two-hand tag. But as time went on, I stopped doing that stuff. Well, if I get hurt, I'm not going to be able to play drums. If I break an arm, I can't play drums. You know, so I stopped doing that stuff. Uh, big moment was junior high. When we were in junior high, we uh, we played on a flag football, a little flag football team that we, uh, that me and some friends from, from junior high all joined. Uh, Mark Ford was one of those guys. Uh, big flag football team, bunch of guys together, and... Um, and that was like the end of our eighth grade year. We were going into high school. And as soon as that was done, the um, the guys got ready to start because they were going to play football. So my whole crew that I was running with in junior high became the football team when we went to high school. My whole crew. Everyone joined the football team except for me. I joined band. And uh, they kept saying, "Hey, come on, play! You know, we got, they, you know, you can play this position. You know, the coach is waiting for you." But I'm like, "No, I'm getting a grade to bang on this drum, and um, I know how to do it already. And I'm going to get an A. And um, I like to bang on drums better than I, a lot more than I like to play football with you jackasses." No, it was nothing like that. But uh, it was a thing where it just, you know. But then I also thought, you know, if I get hurt playing football, I'm not going to be able to play drums, you know. It's just, if, it was gonna, if there was something going to keep me from playing drums, I didn't do it. And a big one was drugs and alcohol. I felt that it would be a hindrance. It felt I, I wouldn't be able to perform the way I'd want to perform if I was hindered 
or compromised in my mental capacity uh, or physical capacity. Whatever, you know, um, not that you know, not that I thought that I would take anything to an extreme, but I did also have a father that was an alcoholic. His parents were alcoholics. Uh, not necessarily knowing anything about heredity at a young age. I did sort of think, though, that if my grandparents were alcoholics and my father is an alcoholic, that I somehow, if I tempted it, I would also become an alcoholic. So um, all those things sort of happening at some point, like I said, none of it happening in, in, you know, wasn't like it all happened all at the same time, but you know the, the old man being dark on me about it, uh, doing some stuff that might keep me from playing drums, and uh, and the fact that it's in the family genes possibly, um, and then when you get into high school and you start having friends that partake into certain activities, seeing them fucking maybe not making the best decisions. Maybe acting the ass. Maybe not quite having a firm grasp on what's going on. And uh, having to clean up their mess sometimes. And then, and then seeing friends wake up and, 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 and holding their heads and complaining about hangovers. And that, that whole part of it was a turn off for sure. So all those things considered, I've stayed away from all of it. And of course, there's always a well after the show, man. After the show, fucking balls out party, woo! And I was like, you know what? I gotta get this gear home. I gotta make sure I got everything packed up in the truck or in the van that I didn't leave anything behind. So not, you know, I have been um reg- There was a time where I was like the designated driver. I would drive. I'm more than happy to drive everybody home. Make sure everybody get home safe. Take care, everybody. We once had like 15 people in a Toyota 4Runner, and uh, we got pulled over. And I just told the cop straight out, he's like, what's going on here? I said, hey, I know I'm violating about, you know, 12 seatbelt violations, but, you know, all these people are hammered, and I'm just trying to get them home safe. You know, it wasn't even my car. You know, it was my buddy's car. And, like, it's his car, but I'm just trying to make sure everybody gets home. And he's all, you, okay, drive safe, you know. So I'm got definitely got lucky that night. But I don't, you know, more than happy to get, make sure everybody gets home. And uh, and if you're fucking shit housed and you can't drive, call me up. I'll fucking take you home. Not a big deal. Uh, so I stayed, now at this point, not, my curiosity is just, not even there, you know what I mean? Um, just, it's just what way, way long gone. Uh, a friend of mine, a good friend of mine, uh, a guy I'd known for a long time, was in my first band, my man Tony, uh, has just said that he is quitting or has quit uh, the marijuanas after uh, 30 years of doing the marijuanas. And, um, decided to stop and he feels like he's got a better outlook on things he feels more clear-headed he felt like he's been in a fog for 30 years and um he was feeling more anxious on the marijuanas than uh i don't know what the hell he was smoking that he was feeling anxious most people mellow out 
Um, <laughs> but uh, I guess it was dulling his senses enough that he wasn't feeling things. And uh, he's uh, feeling a lot better about things and he's feeling things. And, and, uh, and uh, so uh, more power to him. Whatever floats your boat, all right? Whatever makes your weenie wobble. You know what I'm saying? Whatever... Whatever gets you through the day, if if it if it meant putting that thing away so that you're doing better, fucking do that. If it means picking up a thing and doing that thing and it makes you feel better, do that. I don't give a fuck what you do. It doesn't matter to me. But just, you know, as long as you're good, as long as you're not hurting anybody, as long as you're not abusing something, as long as you're not abusing anybody, abusing yourself. But, you know, like my wife needs the weeds. She likes the weeds. It kind of calms her down. Uh, she's got some anxieties. She's got some some little issues here and there. The weed helps with that. You know what I mean? So, it, it you know, we all need a little thing. And I often think, you know, and I've been, I, may, I think I talked about this before too, you know, I don't feel like I got anything wrong with me. But maybe that's what's wrong with me. That I don't have anything. I don't know. Uh, you know, um... Maybe I'll go too many days without a shower or I don't, you know, I don't eat. definitely don't eat right. That's definitely, uh, I am doing better. I've been doing better. I a couple podcasts ago. I was talking about the eating better and, uh, and in my mind, and this is, this is what we do, right? We bullshit ourselves, right? In my mind, I am severely cutting down my carb intake in my mind. In reality, nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. I haven't had bread outright. No, bullshit. I had some fucking toast this morning with my breakfast at Nations. Yeah. Yeah. See, in my mind, oh yeah, cutting down the carbs. No. Not cutting down at all. Maybe even more so. More carbs. (sighs) Portions are getting smaller. I am getting a handle on portions. So, but the carbs, man, that's, that's fucking it. And, and I was, I, I'm not drinking Diet Cokes. Guess what? Had a Diet Coke today. Had a Diet Coke today. So, um, we bullshit ourselves. I gotta do better. I gotta do better. The wife definitely helps. She kind of gives me a look like, you're gonna eat that? And then I eat it. <laughs> so, um, but, but but the guilt, the guilt that is uh, thrust upon me makes me, uh, uh, next time I'm not going to do it. And then again, we bullshit ourselves and we do it anyway. So uh, trying to do better, but not trying good enough. I need to try better. Let's see. Let's, uh, let's end this thing with some music, huh? Let's get into some music. What do you want to hear? Let's play some music. Um, you know what we're going to do since, um, do I got it in here? I might, I might have it in here. I don't know. I don't think I got it in there. So let's do a little search on the old thing over here. Let's go to artists. Let's go down to that. That's not what I want. You dirty bastard. This again, riveting high-end, very, very professional podcasting going on right now. Uh, 
I think that's it. Um, Hold on, hold on, hold on, you dirty fucking whore. That's terrible. You shouldn't call people whores when they're... They haven't done anything wrong, right? Is that it? That's it. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, the aforementioned mighty, mighty. Um, I can't. There's certain bands that I listen to and certain genres of music. Well, maybe not even genres of music, but very. there's a handful of bands that have that I've liked from the very beginning when I really started getting into music. That just when I hear them, I just smile. They just make me happy. Maybe it's not even like, maybe it's not even music that's like really happy music, but it's music that just makes me happy. And one of those is Van Halen. David Lee Roth, Van Halen. I have to be specific because, you know, there's the Hagar years and there's some good songs there. But definitely the Roth era Van Halen and that one record, that one record that they did, what was that, in 2012, I think, The um, uh, Different Kind of Truth, when Dave came back. That's a fucking motherfucker of a record. That was my favorite record that came out that year. Was it 2012 or 2015? It's a few years back. Motherfucker of a record. If you don't have, if you're a Van Halen fan and you don't have Different Kind of Truth, go get that shit because that's an amazing record. Uh, the first song on the record is terrible. It's fucking god-awful, and that was the single for whatever dumb reason. But, but the rest of the record is amazing. And be it that the gas pump reminds me of the intro to this tune, we're going to play a little bit of Mean Streets. And again, I don't have the rights to this music, so I got to put the disclaimer out there. And you know what else I'm going to do? You know what else? And I'm going to listen back to this podcast after I'm done to see what happens. I think I'm going to do the ads. I think I'm going to put the ads in there and uh, uh, we'll do the ads. So I don't know where they put them. I don't know if they put them at random in the middle of the thing. I don't know if they do the beginning. I don't know if they do it at the end. I know there's a nice lady that comes on at the end of the thing and says that, you know, you have listened, this podcast was done with the Anchor app and yada, hoota, hada. So that, like there's already an ad. They do an ad anyway. But there's the anchor provides a little option that you can actually have ads, and then you're supposed to be able to make a little money. So the more people listen to my dumb little podcast, the more money I can make. So tell all your friends to listen to my shit. There's gonna be some commercials. I don't like again. I don't know. I will. I will find out when I get done with this and I do the ads and I publish it. I will listen back. And I'll see where they put the ads, those sneaky bastards. And I'll see where the, um, you know what? I'll do an ad. Uh, you know what? You know what? This this podcast is brought to you by Boyle's Painting. How about that? Uh, my uh, Boyle's Painting is a uh, interior, exterior, commercial, and residential latex and enamel applicating service. Painting, goddammit. We paint stuff. Boyle's painting. We'll paint. We'll do texturing. We'll do taping and mudding. Uh, popcorn ceiling removal. Uh, we draw the line at measuring and cutting anything. If, if, if you need something, baseboards put in and door casings, 
Ask some other jackasses to do that. I don't do it. I mean, Boyle's painting doesn't do that. They just paint. Um, working on a contractor's license. We don't have one right now. But they're a great, great facility. So I just did a commercial for Boyle's painting on my own merit. How about that? Anyway, without further ado, ending the podcast with a little mighty, mighty Van Halen.
Peace out, you dirties. We'll see you next time. Whenever that may be. You know how I do. I'm not, I don't got a schedule. There's no schedule. Just check me out whenever you check me out. All right, dirties, later.